Good morning, and welcome to SGL Daily. I'm Lisa Bond, and today we're finishing up the book of Ephesians by reading chapter 6. We'll start our reading in verse 10. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after you have done everything, to stand. Stand firm, then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. This is the word of the Lord. Many believers today may not know what to do with the passage of Scripture because there's an inclination to see anything that has to do with Satan and demons as superstitious or you know, beneath us as enlightened people who are fairly well educated in this day and age. The closest we might get to acknowledging Satan's existence is going to the store at Halloween and picking up a devil costume complete with horns and a pointy tail. This depiction of Satan is actually from the Middle Ages when the church chose a character that everyone could recognize as Satan to teach illiterate people Bible stories. But to deny the existence of Satan in a demonic spiritual world is to deny scripture itself. We just finished up sermons on Genesis 1 through 3. Who was the main player, the original sinner, engineering the fall of man and woman? Who was it who tempted Jesus in the wilderness, trying to thwart God's divine plan? Who tries to keep people from believing the gospel message to, to blind people from the truth? Satan is alive and well, and he's busy trying to bring down all that is good. Satan and his demons have got some weapons that we need to take seriously. What he loves to do is render us ineffective, to hinder our witness. Have you ever watched a track meet where the runner sort of hesitates, rises up in the air, and pulls up lame? It's likely a hamstring injury. She's obviously not dead, but she can't run the race. In biblical times, horses of enemies were sometimes hamstrung to render them ineffective in battle. Satan will use anything he can, doubt, anxiety, confusion, gossip, envy, whatever, to keep us from being useful in our Christian lives. Satan has fallen. He's a defeated foe. He's limited, but he sure can make our lives miserable. We suffer in this life under his evil schemes. But as Tim Keller once wisely noted, God allows suffering in our lives only to the degree that it defeats Satan's intent. So in this Christian life, this battle, we need to remember that we are not orphans, but sons and daughters of a living God. And although we are his children, he does not give us children's toys with which to play because this is not a game. It's real. Spiritual warfare is a real thing. Imaginary swords waving in the air aren't going to cut it. Not only do we have a place at our Father's table, but we also have his full arsenal at our disposal. Let's look at the arsenal and remember that when Paul wrote this letter, he was under arrest in Rome, so he might have actually been looking at a Roman guard's attire. 
as he wrote it. But with the help of John Stott and others, first, the belt of truth. A Roman soldier's belt would have held his sword and held up his tunic so that he could march without stumbling. The breastplate of righteousness, which would have protected the soldier's body back and front, covering the vital organs. Shoes for your feet. These were described as leather half boots, leaving the toes free, heavily soled and studded to prevent sliding just right for long marches and to give a solid stance. Shield. This would have been oblong made of wood, covered with hide, with iron at the top and the bottom. They would dip these in water before battle so that the flaming darts of the enemy could be extinguished. The Helmet of Salvation. Listen to this description by Stott. Made of bronze, the helmet had an inside lining of felt, making the weight bearable. A hinged visor added frontal protection. Nothing short of an axe could pierce the helmet. And then the sword. This would have been the only component that was used both as attack and defense. God's word is truth, and that's what we use to fight the enemy, not our own reasoning or our agendas or clever arguments. I was once driving on 581 beside a UPS driver, and his door was open so I could see what he was wearing. And he was covered head to toe with UPS, I mean down to his socks. There was no question whom he represented and who had given him his job to do. God has given his children a job to do, but he has not left us to figure it out for ourselves. He has equipped us with the very real and powerful weapons that we need for battle. But we can't stop there. Paul concludes this section with a strong reminder to pray. So let's read verse 18. And pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Note how many times the word all is used there. So let's pray. Our Father in heaven, you are God and you are good. May we be fully aware and fully equipped for the battle each and every day as we lean on you and your gracious provision for us. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen.